today, though, Soda, yes. is in fact Friday the 13th. Okay, And for many yep. people across the world, they will not leave their house on this day. The really? fear of Friday the 13th is real. In fact, yes. $900 million is lost worldwide on this day because people what? do not want to work. They Get think out. bad luck will happen on this day. Is that true? Absolutely true. Nearly a billion dollars. Nine hundred million. Is that nearly a billion? Yes, yeah, something Is like that. Is a thousand million a billion? That sounds about right yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. But people are really, really genuinely f- uh, fearing Friday the Thirteenth. I think there's even a word for fear of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, 13th. you want to give it a go? What is it? It's like something tristicophobia. Frigatristicophobia. I beg your pardon. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. You didn't even know if that was true or not. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but, but yes, yes, like there is a crazy amount of bad wow. things that have happened on Friday the 13th. Let what me do you tell got you. for me? Okay. Friday the 13th, September 1996, uh, 96, Tupac, mm. the famous rapper. Oh, yeah. Um, he passed away. He was shot, shot right. in Las Vegas right. after the Mike Tyson boxing match. Yep. All right. Friday, wow. August 13th, 2010. A 13-year-old boy in England was struck by lightning. The lightning reportedly hit him at 1.13 or 13.13 in military time. Oh, come on. That's who I am. I'm just telling you, this day is very, very scary. How about this one? Friday the 13th uh, of... Yeah, Friday the 13th, July 13th, 1899, Alfred Hitchcock was born. Now think about this man for a second. He's a film director. Yeah. Very, very twisted mind. Mm. Okay. Psycho, The Birds, some of his movies. Yes. Scary, man. Now let me ask you. Yeah. Okay, because I want to ask you, because if you, I know you've got a few phobias, but I want to ask you, do you believe that breaking mirrors will give you seven years bad luck? Absolutely not. Nonsense. Uh, Opening umbrellas inside will give you bad luck. Stupid. Putting new shoes on the table. Bad luck? Better than putting old ones on because they'd be dirty, wouldn't they? So no problems at all with that. Black cats. <laughs> Don't even eat them. Walking under a ladder? Uh, every day. Okay. So none of those things. No, they're not going to do anything. It's just a mindset. So tell me, though, yeah. because you're paralyzed with, with uh, superstitions that you think are bad luck. So why do you think these are not bad oh, luck? They're not, I mean, they're no big deal. The real ones that can cause problems are like, you know, I have to jump three times before I go to bed. I can't walk <laughs> up the stairs out the front of the building. Um, I don't run on cracks. So I always put my left shoe and sock on first. And I always do things in threes because three is the magic number. Think about it. Past, present, future, beginning, middle, end, birth, life, death. It's a magic number. Three little pigs, three amigos, three musketeers, three blind mice, snap, crackle, pop, Yui, Dewey, Louie. Simple, eh? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Friday I don't 13th. Think snap, crackle, pop's got anything no, to do with it. No, but you but. are psycho. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it in threes, man. Mix 102.3. hits. hits. The money's in the music. Every hour, every ad-free 50. Hey, thanks for listening to the Aaron Phillips and Soda Full Show podcast. And we want to give you an extra chance to win instant cash in your ad-free 50s across the day with Michelle Murphy. Every day we have a secret $20,000 hit that is exclusive to you, our awesome podcast listener. When you hear this song played in the 11 o'clock hour on Monday, call Michelle on 8300-1023. It's worth an instant $100 cash. Good luck, and now back to the podcast. Soda, one of my favourite moments from the Olympic Games was, of course, the men's basketball team, the Boomers. They won bronze. It had taken 50-odd years to do it. There'd been so much heartbreak. Yep. It was a brilliant moment. 
the, the best moment for mm. me was when Patty Mills and Joe Ingalls got together after the game and they embraced and hugged and that sheer relief and joy in their eyes. It brought tears to my eyes. You know, the amount of people that watched that game on that Saturday night was more than mm. watch the AFL Grand Final every year. Yes. It's amazing. Well, joining us this morning, SA boy Joe Ingalls, all the way from Utah. Good morning. How you doing? We are great, Joey. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the bronze medal, sensational. Has it sunk in yet? I mean, my, myself personally, it, it still, I don't think, has sunk in. It was such a, um, I guess, a long grind. I honestly felt this game that we, I had a really, really good feeling that we just weren't going to lose. And I don't know why that was in me. Um, and obviously we were able to hold off a couple of runs there and, um, and then come away with it. Mm. Uh, one of the best moments uh, was after the game when you and Patty embraced. Um, and I could just see the, the sheer joy and relief. Take us to that moment. Um, it, it was pretty emotional. I think, mm. like I said, just having the, the relationship I do with him, um, our families know each other, our wives know each other, our parents know each other. It's been a, a pretty long thing. And yeah, really, really glad that, <laughs> that he was on my team that day, mm-hmm. the way he played. The other side of it is the, the family side where you've, my wife and, and kids and, and, and Patty's wife and, and every other player, the, the, the sacrifice that they make for us to disappear for every off season for 12 years. Um, to go mm. hang out with our friends and, and play basketball. Um, mm. There's all these layers that, that come out, and I think all the emotion is um, for, for everybody is just kind of, I guess, overpoured. And um, obviously, we appreciate everyone reaching out and, and tweeting about us and talking about us because it's a, it is obviously a really cool moment for us. Uh, but that bronze medal was something really special. I've got to ask, where is it hanging? Who's got it on? Which kid has hidden it from you? <laughs> it was. Literally the first thing um, I called Renee and the kids right after the game, and um, I was just outside the locker room, and Miller wanted to see her, like, where's your medal? Where's your medal? Obviously, being um, a five-year-old little girl, and um, the first thing that came to her mind was she just recently finished her first soccer season, and they got like a participation little medal or whatever it was, and yep. she said, "Dad, it's the same medal as mine." And I was like, "Well, in my head, I'm like, well." It's no, it's not, mate. I've worked bloody hard for this. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, she said, Dad, that, that has to hang next to mine. So I obviously brought it back and, and they all held it held it for a little bit and now it's hanging next to her participation soccer trophy oh, uh, medal. That's, uh, that's beautiful. On one of the study, the study door. So it's not in <laughs> too safe a place right now. But, um, yeah, for now, for, for her, her pleasure and enjoyment, it's, that's where it is. SA boy and bronze medalist Joe Ingalls is still on the line. Soda, he's all the way from Utah, and he just revealed where his bronze medal is. Yeah, it's hanging off the study door next to his five-year-old daughter Miller's soccer participation medal because <laughs> she said, Daddy, we've both got medals now. Put them together. Joe, I absolutely love that, and you've just posted it on Twitter. It's up on our Facebook. What a great pick. I mean, it's just something that, I mean, when you've got kids and, and they're almost like as, as involved as you are, and, mm. and especially five-year-olds now, my, my twins are five, and mm. they, they understand what's going on. Like my daughter was watching on TV at, I think it was about 6, 7 a.m. here in Utah, and um, I was like, Dad won a medal and you won the game. And actually just mm. literally tonight we got out the bath and um, I have the, the game ball from the game and it was just sitting on top of my suitcase because I was unpacking and, I said, no, that's the game, the ball from, from the game we just played in. And she said, from the game you won the medal. And I was like, yeah. like she just had, yeah. had such a cool understanding. So to be able to 
to share it with, with obviously Renee and the kids is, mm. is very special. Joe, how did you get your hands on that ball? I'd imagine everyone was trying to get hold of it. I actually saw um, Aaron or no, Jason Smith, who was a previous um, captain of Australia. He's now our team manager. And yep. everyone was on the court. And there was obviously a bit going on. And we're all crying. And all this was <laughs> all this action was going on. And I saw Jason with it under his arm. And I was like, there's no way you're taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're getting it for someone else or if he was just getting it just so that someone from our team would get it. Yeah, um, but as soon as I saw him have it, I, I ripped it out of his hand. Um, oh, obviously, a pretty cool memorabilia oh. piece. I had to sneak it out of there because the Olympics are pretty strict with their keeping mm. their basketball. So I had to had to sneak it out. But we, uh, yeah, it's, I've got it and it's uh, it's in my house, so I won't be going anywhere. Mate, that's going straight to the Joe Ingalls pool room, surely. It will be, yes, once yeah. it eventually gets built. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate it. Let you get back to your wife and kids. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. We've got a very special guest uh, with us, Soda, Dominic Henderson, the Dominator, as he's well known for, mm-hmm. on Abalone Wars right. uh, on the uh, National well, Discovery Channel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He is a fantastic diver, but one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. Sharks. Oh, yeah. Shark-infested water. The bends, yeah, absolutely. Quick, right. So we've got him on the line to explain why he just why he does this. Yeah. Well, cash should be one oh, way yeah. or the other. Hey, Dom, we've got him here. <laughs> Welcome along, mate. G'day, Soda. How are you? Good, mate. Good. I am absolutely fascinated by your your occupation. Erin was telling me some of the stuff about it, mate. It sounds amazing. It is. It's probably one of the most different uh, jobs in the world. Mm. And uh, and you end up getting one if you weren't that good at school. And believe me, I wasn't that bright. So um, <laughs> I just happened to, happened to latch onto a job that uh, that I enjoyed. And uh, and the money was the money was good. Dom. 40 days a year. And... So, Dom, when does the season for abalone diving start? Okay, so the season works. It starts in or the end of September because um, now we have three months off: October, November, December. Mm. Um, but it's a quota. So if you're a reasonable diver, you know you may catch your quota in the first uh, four months of the season. So you know, and in those four months, you might just do you might do seven days a month, uh, if you, you know, and and you might knock it out the way, and it, and it creates a problem for me because after I've done my 35 days or whatever, say it takes. Uh, I just start eating. I go into a, an eating program and then I bloody look at more like look at more like a whale every day of the week. Where do you dive and how far down do you have to go? Some days you might be working in, in six or seven metres of water. Some of the guys, they hit 30 plus metres. Wow. Uh, and that's, that's pretty deep. That's very deep. You know, when you get that deep, wow. you've got to be very careful because if something goes wrong, um, it can normally it can normally stay wrong. So, Dom, if you're in 30 metres, obviously you've got your full kit, all the uh, the safety gear. It must be um, pretty rigorous and physically demanding actually doing this. When you're in 30 metres, it's generally, it's it's pretty good going in the sense it's very, it's generally very still. The water's generally very clean. It's very quiet. Mm. Uh, and you've sort of, you know, you've got your wetsuit on, you've got, you know, you've got about 20 kilos of weight to keep you, you know, to keep you down there. You get hot water pumped down to you. So, because the water, okay. when you get down a bit deeper, the water does get colder. Mm. And and this year it has been it has been the coldest year ever. The water is freezing, you know. And if the hot water's not working, and and sometimes it's not, and quite well, quite often it's not. Then the best thing you can do is um, enjoy a pee in the wetsuit. It is the only job I know that you can you can be actually pee in your pants or in the wetsuit and thoroughly enjoy it. In fact, <laughs> you look forward to it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's great. But seriously, Dom, you must see some really big sharks down there. Yeah, you certainly do. You know, and I've had the occasion where I saw three in a week. I was pretty nervous by the end of that week, let me tell you. You know, it's it's their ocean, it's their home, and mm. there's not an ab diver that doesn't respect that. Generally, the bigger they are, the more they just basically look at you and, and, and cruise past. So you've just got to hope that that's the day that you have your shark cage. Mm. Um, and if it's not, you know, you're, you're obviously your heart thunders a hell of a lot quicker. You know, it was only the other week I looked out and, and as I turned around, you know, I'm, I'm staring at a four and a half metre great white right there, about four metres away. And um, generally when you see them, you feel okay because I don't think you will ever see the one that is going to, you know, inflict that terrible day. It's an interesting day when you see one. Don, what are the abalone licences worth? They have to be a bit, wouldn't they? Um, look, in, in South Australia, there's around, you know, there's around approximately 33 or 34 licences. Yeah, and the price, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, like years ago they might have been, when they first started, they were probably $2, you know, for a licence. And, and now yeah. that'd be probably around, um, I'm guessing, say $5 million. So, oh. um, what? So no, certainly, had some, <laughs> certainly had some capital gain. Well, Dom, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, keep enjoying what you're doing, that dangerous job. Yeah, I'm hopefully you can enjoy it for a few more years. Yeah, nah, good on you, Dom. No problem at nah. all. Thank you to our friends at Lance. They are proud South Australians designing places you'll love to live. They bring us Tom Lynch from the Crows every week, and he's in the studio. Tommy, great to see you, buddy. Oh, that was a bit of a so- sombre introduction. And then yeah, it was. All right. Then you ramped on. it back it up. up, but that's right. okay. All right. Try it again. Tommy Lynch is here. Hey. Okay. Good morning. Now, Tom, we got some news this week, and we have spoken to you on the phone, but we've got you in person, mate. How are you feeling? You will not be at the club next year. I won't be uh, no. playing there next year, so no. um, that's quite disappointing. And mm. I really wanted to play on, and um, but that's the that's the caper of the industry. Are you playing the next couple of games? I am. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we fly in and fly out on on Sunday against yep. uh, against Melbourne at the mm. G. So that'll be pretty cool. Mm. We're going to play. At the G, and then and then get to hopefully finish off here at Adelaide Oval. How do you mentally tackle these next two games, knowing that you're not going to be playing for this club? Uh, I think exactly the same way I've I've been attacking the last few. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. just go and enjoy it as much as I possibly can. Um, so obviously, I'm very fortunate that I'm obviously still able to play, and um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait really. Mm. Lynchy, would you consider pulling on the jumper at another club? Because I know you love footy. You've got a great footy brain. You're a great leader, and I'm sure your experience would be invaluable. Uh, that's what I'm working through at the moment. Um, yep. I actually, um, this is just uh, not not a cop out, but I, I'm putting all my energy and efforts and and um, mm. my emotional um, energy into playing at the Crows, and mm. and that's where I thought I was going to be. And um, I haven't put too much thought into it, but but now I've obviously got to put a fair bit of thought into what I want to do next. And mm. um, I think once the season ends, I'll, I'll take that time to to consider what I want to do. You've had a little taste of coaching with the mm. women's team, with Aaron's team. Yep. Is coaching something that you really love? Yeah, coaching and teaching is is certainly something I want to um, get into down the track. Um, yep. Whether that's you know right away or mm. or as you said, continue to to play. Um, yeah, I, I better get better get a move on in terms of my decision making. But mm. I will take a little bit of time. You're an idea. 
Port Adelaide AFLW coach. You've been coaching some women's footy. Mm. Why don't you two go as a tandem team? In Give him one. That's another one. That's another one. That's, I think, I think you've lost your mic now. That's just not on. That's just not on. Um, <laughs> but you, you're a fantastic coach. Um, you have been coaching us women's team. And the amount of effort that you put in and investment to us is, is so valuable. And, you know, our team's generally yeah. devastated with Lost Lynchy. Yeah. You know, he's a massive connection between us and the men's team. He's... He's fantastic around the club, and this is absolutely devastating. Let's be honest. I got the keys to a Ferrari. I had a, <laughs> I, I had a pretty good side. Hey, but we had a pretty good team. Hey, who's to say that yeah. there isn't a future at Adelaide in a coaching role? Mm. I mean, these are all different things you're going to weigh up, aren't you, of mm. course? Yeah, I've, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure, as I said, what the yeah. what, what mm. it's going to look like. But, um, yeah, I have to weigh that up. Obviously, my wife's from, from Melbourne. I'm from Melbourne. and um, But we certainly feel like Adelaide has, uh, has been home over mm. the last 10 years. Yep, three little ones too, and yep. you know, in school and childcare. So big thinking here. Um, now weighing things up, there's someone that probably didn't weigh things up, and his name's Rory Sloan. He's a ripper. He is yep. your captain, he is and he was talking to the media yesterday. Yep, and he just didn't quite weigh up the analogy that he was trying to get across when he was he was asked about the racism row. Have a listen to this and try and explain it for us, Tom. You got to interpret it. For me, if I could put my uh, Miss Universe tiara out on. I think the main message for me to all of Australia is just celebrate people's differences. We definitely don't stand for racism. What? Yeah. Let's just do a little bit again. Have a listen. Yeah. For me, if I could put my uh, Miss Universe tiara hat on. Yeah. Tiara yeah. hat? Did you say tiara hat? Yeah. Tiara hat. Lockie's tiara. little crown. Miss First of all, he stuffed that up. He did. <laughs> There's no doubt. Well, yeah. What is yeah. he trying don't to do? Don't go there, Rory. No. And also, but has he actually got one, do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> do you guys play dress up? I don't know. Video? Do you have a tiara can yeah, well, that's going around? Well, maybe, maybe he does at home. Does it mm. uh, come yeah. with a tutu? Yeah, maybe we have a couple of wines in the year, he might bring it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, at about 8.20, we are going to catch up with Joe Ingalls. He's a bronze oh. medalist. He did steal something from the Olympics. <laughs> That was very, very, very valuable. Yes. Have you ever stole something that, from a club? You know, from the club? Um, Besides a few hearts in the, your younger the, days. Yeah, I was going to say. What, talk about nightclubs or <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, some innocence? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a. You souvenir anything? I'm a good boy. Uh, don't think so. Never. No, I don't think so. Didn't you? What did you pinch from the Saints when you left before you come to the Crows? Yeah. Anything? Now I think about it, I should have pinched a bit, but no, I haven't ever pinched any other things. Uh, no. Clean hands. Clean hands, yeah. Clean hands. Uh, I feel guilty. <laughs> I would have taken the basketball, though. I would have stolen that basketball <laughs> for is. sure. What, from the, from the Olympics? Olympics. Well, yeah. yeah, we're going to tell you what Joe's taken. Mm. If he had got caught with this coming through the Olympic Village, he would have been in enormous trouble, mm. right? We'll reveal that a little later on. Sure. Okay, Lynchy, hey, all the best, brother. Yep. Um, have a fantastic next couple of games, and we will see you in football. Mm. No doubt next year. It's just where and well, who well, with. I'll be back next week, won't I? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, please oh. say goodbye. Oh, God. Uh, well, you know, the other thing is, I mean, if you guys go well and you play finals, you might be. Oh, no, don't worry about that. Oh, you just right. keep <laughs> cut your mixed contract, oh, too. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, thanks very much to Lancer. Proud South Australians designing places. You'll love to live. There he is, Tommy Lynch, yeah. the hottest redhead in AFL footy.